Okay, tonight is Hoid. Hoid, Midas Hoid. So, um, as I told you in the morning, Netzach and Yesaid are called Labar Migufa, outside of the Guf. In other words, they're not emotions that experience things, like Chesed, Yavudah, Teferes. Instead, they're emotions that, that project things, that power things, they push things through. Netzach is an aggressive emotion, a stubborn emotion. And I gave you the dogma from my great-grandmother. It's such a great story. It's, I, was, I was editing the class today. It's really an amazing mice. In America, you have to understand how these people lived, right? The men slaved. And the women used to wash laundry with a, with a shtekin. They didn't have washing machines. With a board. They hung things out to dry. They used to make food out of grass. I mean, they had nothing. My grandfather says, I lived in America and I was hungry. I know what hunger means. During the, the uh, Depression. It was very difficult. And she went three weeks every morning at 9 o'clock in the morning to Tedevadas and followed Mr. Mendelovich around like a skin. Until he said, And that kind is my mother's father. This year he turned, he turned 100 for Pesach. He's at the end of the world. He was good friends with his Alter Zayde. Hoid is actionis. Hoid is stubbornness. Now, Hoid is a media that the Rebbe explains in the Maimir. In the Maimir of Svartim, from Tafshir Aleph, the Rebbe explains all the seven medias in Chesed, and he talks about Hoid. Hoid means submission. Hoid means acceptance. Hoid means to be able to, to accept, to submit, or to accept. I, I like to translate Hoid, and I think it's pretty accurate. Being stubborn, being not being implacable. Nobody could move me. This is the way it's supposed to be, and there's no way this is going to be able to be changed. And again, the, the diok in hoid is that we're not talking about somebody who's necessarily being stubborn about something that he values and appreciates. He's being stubborn because he you knows this requires stubbornness. He may not even know why. He just knows that you have to be stubborn about these kinds of things. So I was thinking of a marshal, a story of Hoyt. Maybe by the time the shit is over, I'll come up with one. But the Revail, I don't have a, a story of Akshonis. You know, we all have the Maise from the Rebbe Rashab and the Friyidik Rebbe. Where the Rebbe Rashab talked to the Friyidik Rebbe about Mesiris Nefesh, Vaskondus Siburis. And he told him, the way was made Mesiris Nefesh, Mesiris Nefesh, made Azoyo Nitandesh. Mesiris Nefesh means it has to be like this and no other way. This way and other In other words, you set a course and you don't budge from it. That's Midas Ahoyed. You don't budge from it. You know, they tell a story with the Chassam Sefer. The Chassam Sefer was in the eye of the storm of the reform. He lived in Preshburg, which is on the border between East and West, near Germany. And he had to deal with the reformer. And it was a terrible, terrible Mulchama. And they came to the Chassam Sefer, they said to the Chassam Sefer, met the Chassam Sefer in the street, the problem with you is that you're so inflexible. You know, let's negotiate, let's come to terms. We'll give a little, you'll give a little. So the Chassam Sefer said, you know what, it says in Svarim, that when you burn your nails, out of Shabbos, burn your nails, you're not supposed to burn them by itself, you're supposed to burn them with a match. The minigis is supposed to use two matches. I'll make up Shadow, we could use one match. But that's the only compromise I can make. <laughs> Not you don't have to use matches at all. Just one, only two. One match is enough. The point is trying to make is how are you going to make pshara? If this is dvaravaya, if the Ibishta said this is how it has to be, there's no room for pshara. 
And Midas Ha'ahoid is the stubbornness. And my mother see this. When they talk about Midas Ha'ahoid, they bring, go, Kumoi Moidu Chachamum L'Rameir. Rameir says a shita, and the Chachamum disagree, and then Meidu Chachamum L'Rameir. Sometimes Meidu Chachamum L'Rameir means they changed their mind, they understood Rameir. But then it's not Moidu. If Chacham agree with Rav Meir, it's not the pshat. They, 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 they submit to Rav Meir. It's the pshat that they were changed their day to be like his day. Moidu Chacham Rav Meir means they intellectually still disagree. But they accept for whatever reason that Rav Meir is right. That's Midas Ahoyd. And Midas Ahoyd is incredibly important, just like Midas HaNetzach, when it comes to the real world. If you're going to be a, re- a person, a person, Allah has come and become a Yid, and Elam Haz, and we all know what Elam Haz is about. Elam Haz is about weakness, and pleasure, and, and and just giving in and not having any strength. Yiddishkeit Teira teaches us principles. There's a right and a wrong, and sometimes the right and the wrong make sense and they're inspiring, and sometimes the right and the wrong don't make so much sense and they're not so inspiring. So what do you do when the right and wrong don't make so much sense? You have to have the stuff, be stuff, an action, and that's midas and etzach. Poshet ein action etzach. This is just how it is. It's not allowed to budge an iota, you know. Kabbalah Kabbalah sale is a symptom of midas ahoyd, perhaps more even than midas hanetzach. Kabbalah sale really is malchus, because it's not a midah. Kabbalah is not an emotion. Hoyd is an emotion. I am. St- I'm emotionally intransigent. I'm emotionally infected. It's a personality. I mean, you've met stubborn people. I've met stubborn people. They're, you know, that's where they, you know, the three-letter word that starts with an A applies most precisely. They're just mules. They're just behemoths. They just don't move. They're very stubborn. When you use that stubbornness, it's a moidin de kezach. It's an unbelievable thing. You know, a person doesn't budge from his principle. I mean, you, an example. Maybe this is midas ahoyd. It's the story with the Rebbe's father in the matzah. The Rebbe's father was, uh, lived in the Ukraine. Ukraine was the breadbasket of the world. It had fed the whole world until Stalin made that the people of Ukraine should die from hunger because they didn't want to go along with his plan of, of, uh, of uh, centralizing the kolkhozm. But uh, there was a lot of wheat in the Ukraine. So consequently, matzah came from the Ukraine. The Blavik lived in the Ukraine. So he made sure that in, Pe- matzah, there was, in Russia there was in Pesach matzah. He was arrested t- six days for Pesach in 1939, Tafresh Sadek Tess on Tess Nissen for obvious reasons. Because his whole war was over matzah. And the story was that one year there was a leak in the wagon that was carrying the wheat for matzah. When the, week, when the wheat arrived, it was poshet, uh, he couldn't use it. So he, he came to the government and he asked for more wheat. And the government told him, you're costing the people money. In Russia, everything was agriculture, everything was finance. And he says, listen, we're allowed to practice religion in Russia. Or the print, officially, according to the law, you're allowed to practice religion. And uh, the, the wheat that arrived is not kosher, so you have to give us different wheat. And they uh, told him that he's playing with his life, because so he went to Kalinin. I heard a story from the Rebbe. Kalinin was the president of Russia. The president of Russia is like the president in Israel. It's a, it's a, it's a puppet position. The power is by the prime minister. The president is a figurehead. He's the one who walks around with the suit and tie and shakes people's hands, and he goes to, to openings and closings and flag raisings and flag lowers. It's a formal position. But the president had certain powers. And Kalinin was a Meshuganer, but he was not a bad man. He was a Meshuganer, pushing nuts. He was a communist. And he had soft spots. Lamashal, if you caught him in the street and you happened to have papers to leave Russia, he would sign. Anybody. 
If you happen to bump into me, sign. And the rule in Russia was that if the president signs, it's no questions asked. You could avoid the whole KGB, but Altsin is thinking, even get hold of the president. People used to camp in front of his house for days. And he could roll out two o'clock in the morning and sign anybody's paper who was present. That's it. And you'll see him again in six days. Or in 20 minutes, he was at that start more than mention. But he wasn't schlecht. So Rebbe met Kalinin. And he says, he didn't even, and Kalinin wrote notes <laughs> saying that the government of Russia has to provide him with wheat according to the, the Harav Shneir son and his Mashgichim. And, and, and the lapel he paid with his life. But the, the, the Sipur has a quality of Ikaron, of principle, of Akshanus. I mean, I'm trying it. It wasn't a fight. It was, I'm not moving. This is my principle. I'm not moving. I heard on a video from Harav, Mordechai Ashkenazi, Olav Shalom, the Rabbi Kfar Chabad, who told the following story, that there was a bocher in yeshiva whose name was Reb Nochem Goldschmidt. Reb Nochem Goldschmidt was the first cousin of Harav Ashkenazi. How come? Because Nochem Goldschmidt's wife was a Gerari, and Harav Mordechai Ashkenazi's mother was also a Gerari. Mordechai Ashkenazi's father was Moshe Ashkenazi. He was married. They were her daughters. They were. They were. Yeah. He, they were. He were. He, he was an anical of Leizer Karasik. Yeah. But Nochem Goldschmidt was much older. So Nochem Goldschmidt was a son-in-law of a Gerari, and Mati Ashkenazi's mother was also a Gerari. So actually, his mother and Nochem Goldschmidt were cousins. And Nochem Goldschmidt told him the following story. That there was a shtickle tight in the 1930s during the Yemei Adome, the blood years. We was a time chakmim in Kharkiv. And Reb Leivik showed up in Kharkiv. Leivik came to Kharkiv. When the Anash, when the Chsidim heard that Leivik was here, the, the head of the yeshiva then was a chosid by the name of Betel Kurnitzer, Betel Garfinkel. He later left Russia and was killed by Yemachmei Hitler. But he was a very interesting person. I'm waiting to get a cop. He heard that the Friedrich Ebbes Machutin, right? His son was married to the Rebbe's daughter. Is in Kharkiv, so he slept him to come to the yeshiva. So Rebbe came into the yeshiva and he sat. He talked to the Bachrim on learning. He started talking to them, yeah, the day didn't know what he was, was talking about. It was like way over the head. So they couldn't understand. There's niggas that are speaking chesidus over here, it's against the Zamed. Nochem Goldschmidt lived in Yekaterinoslav, in the Nebbe Petrov. His father was a sheikh. Nochem Goldschmidt was about the same age as the Rebbe, he was the same age as the Rebbe's younger brother Label, they learned together in Cheder. So Rablevik knew Nochem Goldschmidt. So when Rablevik came into the Zal, what kind of Zal it was, you know, it was a locha, some place in an attic of a shoulder, let alone, so he sat down next to Nochem and he schmoozed with him. When he left, he said to Nochem, come, come with me back to my hotel. So Nochem Goldschmidt walked Rablevik back to the hotel. The hotel was paid for by the government. Because Rablevik was in Kharkov on official business, the government invited all the Rabbanim of the Ukraine for a meeting. The, you understand yourself, there were 50 mics in that room, yeah? The room was a, t- it was a loch, it was a bed and a table. Rebbe came into his room and he sat down on his chair and Nochem said, you could see that he was exhausted. So Nochem said to Rebbe lay down on the bed. Rebbe says, how can I lay on the bed? How do I know who put his head there before? And Nochem realized that the entire time that Rebbe was in Kharkiv, he posh didn't lay down, he slept in a chair. He slept sitting up. And then Levik says to Reb Nochem, the vase of Asich you know why I'm here? So Reb Levik says to him, they called all the Rabbanu of the Ukraine together, and they're trying to force us to sign a note 
that there's no kfiyah datit. They want to write a note, which they're going to publicize out of Russia, that there's no religious coercion in Russia. People who want to practice religion are allowed. And Ablevik says, Ebnachem, what do you think I should sign? I shouldn't sign. And he has this whole conversation. He says, the svara to sign is saying that if we'll sign, the government will feel like we supported them, they'll have a reason to be nice to us. On the other hand, if we sign, we're giving up the one weapon we have, which is pressure from overseas. So he was, he was sitting, Nochem was listening to Leblevik, and Leblevik was talking back and forth, back and forth. Yochas, Nishchas, Nochem was a bocher. He was really window dressing. He wasn't exactly our partner in the conversation. Leblevik wasn't talking to him. He was talking, and he was witnessing it. Mittamol, Leblevik stands up, and he says, I won't sign. No matter what's going to happen, I will not sign that document. And he said it with such a resoluteness. Nochem said that you saw Shneir's. That's hoid. It's an akshanas. In other words, seichel is not going to carry you through. When you are dealing with life and death, and that's exactly what this is, you have a svarah like this and a svarah like this. You could lose your life today. You could lose your life tomorrow. When are you going to lose your life? How are you going to lose your life? How are you going to help yourself survive? The only way to make a decision like this is midas hoid. An akshanas, a stubbornness. And as you guys already know, we are going through each of the midas in two styles, two styles. The first style is that we're defining hoid as an act, an act of stubbornness, right? What would be an act of stubbornness? I just gave you, I gave you uh, one example. What was the example I gave you before this one? Was it the sub The sub yeah. Akshanis. Akshanis, just like explained to you, the lowest levels of the nefesh are netzach and you say it. But Netzach and Yisait have a koyach of Yechido, which you don't have in Chagas, and you don't have in Chabad, like the Maimir of Basilagani. It says the Midas HaNetzach goes to the very Yetzim HaNeshama. The lowest levels of the Nefesh are the deepest. Hoid's Akshonis is the same as, and perhaps even deeper than, Netzach's aggression, forwardness, in not bending. So Midas Hoid is an Akshonis. A person is stubborn on a certain Indian, and we're defining Hoid as the act of being stubborn. The act of defiance, the act of not budging, the act of saying, I am not going to change. You know, the story with the Khan of Shiva Baneha, it's, it's a, such a tragic story. You know, it's a Khan of the Gemara. But the Gemara doesn't say a name. The Gemara just says there was a woman and seven, an Almana with seven children. So the king throws his ring on the floor and says to the little boy, Pick it up. And he says to the little boy, You know and I know that we don't mean it. You're picking up my ring, but my servants will be able to say, I posh it, don't want to kill you. And the mother says to the little boy, she calls him aside and she asks permission and she encourages him and the little boy refuses to battle and the king kills him. That's that's, that's hoid. Why is it hoid? I'm not fighting with you. You're not going to budge me. Could you say like the pimply expresses that? Of course, the Pintalid expresses Netzach. But the Pintalid expresses Netzach in a fight. The Pintalid expresses Hoid in an Akshonis. I'm committed to this. And nothing is going to change me. The premise here is that there's no room for negotiating. The minute you give him a finger, the minute you say, think about it, you lose. You know, whenever they would have the, the, uh, the peace talks, as they get off in the beginning in 77... Yeah, you know how old the Tzadah started? They, they, they said to Moshe Dayan, the first meeting, ben, ben Begin participated himself. Begin didn't budge. The second time, the peace talks, he sent uh, Moshe Dayan. Moshe Dayan 
work was in the government. Moshem was a leftist. Moshem was also very secular. He was, he was not just secular. He was prost. He was not sophisticated. He wasn't refined. And they said, well, just, just say. That's all cardinal. Just say you'll give it. Just say. What do you care? Write it on a piece of paper. That's all he did. He gave him an inch. Just say you're right. You just say that you're open to the idea of giving back land for peace. That's all you need to say. Because there's tomorrow and there's next week. You know, you put your finger into a meat grinder, the whole rest of you comes flying after it. And Hoyt says, I'm sorry, I can't just say. You just say. You will make peace without making a land concession. So now, what's Chesed Shabbat? If Hoyt is an act of stubbornness, what's Chesed Shabbat? Chesed Shabbat means that the motivation for the hoid is ahava, right? Chesed sheba hoid would mean that a person does an act of stubbornness, not to bend, not to budge. I guess you could say chesed sheba hoid, you love the Abishta, so you don't budge from the Abishta's principle. Meaning to say, mitad me, there's a chesed alone, you're not strong enough. Why? Because chesed is soft. Chesed is mushy feely or feely mushy. Both of them don't work. Hoid is hard. So when you have a ava for the Abishta, and the symptom of that ava is a behavioral action, a behavioral stubbornness, a behavioral implacability that's chesed shabahid. So what you see is the stubbornness. That's what you see. The motivation for the stubbornness is ava. And now that is a gvura shabahid. What's gvura shabahid? That you see a stubbornness. The motivation of that stubbornness is the emotion of preciseness. That's what a gvura is. It's the emotion of exactitude. You feel a judgment that says that the right thing to do is to be stubborn and not to bend. The same is true with Tferes Shabahid. What's an example of Tferes Shabahid? Tferes means Basher Husham. Tferes means you feel the other person. Right? That's Tferes means. Tferes means you feel the other person. So whatever situation is eliciting Akshanis, the regesh that you're feeling that's motivating this act of stubbornness is feeling the other person who is not Maimed Amat, who is not situation. I don't want to be Maidech in this because I don't have time, but this is one of the great stories I just recently read. They made a book on Morocco. The Matas made a book on Morocco. It's very hard to read, it's very technical. But the book is Moidendik. The Rebbe said Shlucham to Morocco, he had no money. Where did the money come from? From the joint. The joint were Friar Jews, European Jews, secular Jews. And the joint gave money to Lubavitch, unbelievable. Over the decades, Hundreds of millions of dollars on Aguzma. And all they wanted was to see Schar uh, for their money. They wanted normal schools, they wanted good schools with children wearing shoes and acting like students, sitting in classrooms at desks, you know. Which meant that they didn't want to have schools in small towns, there was not enough of, of a student body. And they didn't want troublemaker students, they wanted normal students who wanted to learn. So they wanted a few schools in big cities to take only the children who are serious and to have limudichol. The Rebbe said, any place where there's a Jewish child, there's going to be a cheder. The Rebbe said, every child comes, can't kick any kids out. <laughs> and no limudichol. So uh, the negotiation started. These are private paying the bills. Now, Rabbi Shleim Matasov is a human being. I'm sure he's a big chassid. The Rebbe said, no is no. They argued for two whole years and they kept threatening to cut him off. The final... <laughs> They realize that there's no human being can be that crazy. We're paying 80% of your budget, 80%, 80 cents out of every dollar that you have to eat bread is coming from us and you're telling us to do all the things we don't agree. So finally they came to him with a new idea. They'll agree to all those conditions with one caveat. Quote, he's not allowed to take advice from overseas. 
they understood that his whole Kayach was the Rebbe. Right. <laughs> you know, they'll take advice from overseas. Get the hide out. We'll deal with you. We'll wear you down. We'll, 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 what's the word? We'll schmaltz you over, yeah? But you have to get the hide. The hide is not coming from Shleiman Matasov. The and they gave in to all the conditions. He said no. Of course he said no. They gave in to all his conditions. You imagine? In other words, they understood that there's a quality here which is completely irrational. What's wrong having a little Mordechai? What's wrong with the kids coming to school wearing normal clothes? What's wrong with the kids who are burning buildings, staying home? No, a Yiddish kid belongs in Chedid. He wants to come, his parents want him to come, we're going to deal with him. Why? That in 20 years from today, 30 years from today, 40 years from today, You understand? This is irrational. Where does it come from? A clarity, but not a clarity which you can explain on Piseichel, not a clarity you can explain based on love. It's a clarity based on a stubbornness. And the stubbornness is motivated, like I said, by Tuferes. You feel a Yiddish kid. And you ask, you know, Tenenbaum told me a mice. I think I told you this morning that he wanted to kick the Cuban kids out of yeshiva. The Rebbe said, no problem. Just give me a guarantee they'll keep Shabbos for the rest of their lives. Then he kicked kick them out of yeshiva. So Tuferes, in this model, is when you feel the neshama of another child, it creates a stubbornness in you about how you're going to raise that child. What's Netzach, Shabbat Netzach means that there's a circumstance that motivates you to fight. And the way that fight is going to express itself, it expresses itself in a stubbornness. What's Hoyit Shebehoyit? means stubbornness in stubbornness itself. So again, the pastures you could say that the, mean, the emotion is stubbornness and the act is stubbornness. But in the Maimir, the Rebbe says Hoyit Shebehoyit means Hoyit, you're stubborn, but at least you know why you're stubborn. Hoyit Shebehoyit, you're stubborn, and you don't even know why, you're just Stubborn Shabbos Nehi In other words, there is no meaningful basis for this Akshanis other than Akshanis itself. And the way it works, as he pointed out before, the more Nehi it is, and the less the Nehi is flavored with Chagas, the more Atzmiyistik it is. Hoyit Shabbat is much stronger than Gvur Shabbat Why? Because Gvur is a fancy meter with fancy things you can negotiate. You can start to chipping away. But a hoi means I'm stubborn, I don't even know why I'm stubborn. So when the act of stubbornness is motivated, it's very strong. And then of course you have yasayit shabahayit. Yasayit shabahayit means that the emotion that is motivating the stubbornness is a connection to the purpose. Right? Netzach means I have an enemy with whom I fight. Hoid is an enemy to whom I don't concede. Yasayit is, I may have enemies, I'm not busy with enemies, I'm busy with my job. And if the enemy stands in my way, my connection to my, my dedication, to my purpose, my hiskashus, is not going to allow me to be offset by them. And what's Malchus Shabahid? Malchus Shabahid either means, again, we have two tziyurim for Malchus. One is the act of being stubborn, because Malchus means Asiya, or the Midas HaRememus, which motivates Asiya, the stubbornness, right? Malchus is Rememus. Rememus means I raise myself above. And when I raise myself above, I see the situation from a different point of view. I see the situation as a melech as opposed to as a chocham or as a oshir or as a gibir. And my seeing it from higher motivates the sakshonas. Now everything I told you until now are the seven midas in hoid, assuming that hoid is a deed, is a behavior. But there's another way to understand midas hoid, just like I explained to you by Netzach and by Teferis and by Gvod and by which are both emotions. Hoid is the emotion of being stubborn. And chesed shebehoid is the emotion within the emotion of being stubborn. 
And again, as we've done by all the previous Mides, in this second model, you see the toffel and not the ikir. You don't see the stubbornness. You see the symptom of the stubbornness. Chesed Shebehoid means when a person is stubborn about a certain cause and you see the kindness. Where something has to happen. You have to save a Jewish child. You have to prevent the Jewish child from being lost. And you have to do it stubbornly. And the expression of that stubbornness is the kindness. So Chesed Shebehoid means I am showing you an emotion of love, an emotion of kindness. But there's a power behind that emotion which is much stronger than kindness. Because it's not a kindness that comes from my understanding or from my sensitivity. It's a kindness that's coming from my stubbornness. you got to save a Jewish child. And the stubbornness shows itself and so says, you see only chesed. But behind that chesed there's a take of chesed. And the same is true gvura. Gvura means you're emotionally exact, judging with another person. You're emotionally engaged with that person and you're exposing chesedness or you're exposing need, and you're, you're meeting it. But Gevud is an emotion, because it's a higher emotion, it's soft, it can be dealt with. But when Gevud is the emotion of Hoid means this is right, this I know for sure. And I know this is right, with a stubbornness, which has no idea of Agbal. The symptom of that stubbornness is Midas Agbal, that's a whole mother Gevud. Because this gvura is taking an implacable gvura. You cannot move this gvura because I'm not being emotionally exact and emotionally judging because I'm an emotionally judging person. I am being emotionally exact and emotionally judging because I know this is right at all costs. There's a stubbornness which motivates it. That's why it's called gvura shabahid. And what will be tefedes shabahid? Again, the same principle. Tefedes means I'm feeling what you're feeling. But it's a mida, it's a edelah mida, it's a higher mida. Tefedah Shabbat means that the source of my tefedah, the source of my rachem, the source of my simcha, in my relationship with you is an akshonis, azayin nitanish. And again, I, you, you could probably come up with more mishalim. I've given you a number, I'm sure there's more mishalim, but I'm mishalim deficient. Okay? So now, what will be netzach Shabbat Hoid means a stubbornness. Hoid means an implacability. And sometimes my expression of that implacability is a fight. I'm not interested in fighting. I'm interested in being implacable. But sometimes, the idea that I'm not going to be moved from my place warrants a fight. So what's hoid shebehoid? Hoid means I'm not going to move. Hoid shebehoid means I'm not going to move in as much as I'm not going to move. So again, the Pasha says it's the same thing. But the Rebbe says hoid means I'm not going to move. But I'm not going to move because I believe in a certain principle. Hoid shebehoid means I forgot even why. You know, what's a munah? What's a munah? What's a munah? I believe in God, yeah? What's the opposite of a munah? The opposite of a munah is called godless. Godless means where I have a sense of God. Nusuf yesterday had a sense of God, and today I don't have a sense of God. So I fall back on a munah. Munah is al derachoid. When I'm lacking the inspiration of my neshama, I have the stubbornness of my neshama. Hoid means I forgot that I ever had an inspiration. I just know that I believe. And even though my belief is separated from an inspiration I may have had in a different time, now it's a stubbornness about preserving the stubbornness. What would be Yisayid Shabbat? Yisayid Shabbat means as a symptom of my stubbornness, I'm connected, I'm feeling a connection to whatever it is that I'm being stubborn about. Meaning to say, the Pnimius is an Akshonis, the Pnimius means there are enemies in this world, they're not going to move me. And the Chitzanius is, because of this stubbornness, I'm emotionally in, attached to you or to the purpose. So what's Malchus Shabbat Again, Malchus Shabbat either could mean the action that comes from the stubbornness or the Rebimus that comes from the stubbornness. That because I see a cause that's just, that's righteous, 
and it's righteous and just and correct in a way that elicits out of me a, an implacable stubbornness. The way I see it through is by emotionally distancing myself. Remus means emotionally distancing myself. The emotional distancing puts me in a position where I am able to affect what it needs to be affected from far away, from from the Malchus, Remus. But when it's Malchus, Shebehoid, when it's Remus, that's coming from Hoid, this Malchus is not soft. This Malchus is rooted in a very in a great hardness. And that's what Midas Hoid is. Okay, so because we did Hoid twice, same thing we did Netzach this morning. We did Hoid all seven Midas, assuming that Hoid is an act, and the Midas which is inspired that had to do the Chesed Shabbat, Gura Shabbat, and so on. And then we did it a second time where Hoid is also a Midas. The emotion of stubbornness, and what you're seeing is not the stubbornness, but either the Chesed or the Gavura or the Hoid or the Netzach or the Hoid. Okay, let's put that in mind.